Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. All right. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela. And we have made it to the midpoint of the session. We call this crossover. And we talked about it last week, what crossover is, what happens to bills if they don't make it past this point. Um, we call those dead bills. And so we've got some dead bills we're going to talk about. We have some alive bills, I guess, <laughs> bills still in the process that we're going to talk about. And just to kind of do an overview of what we're uh, still following what's happened at this point in the session. And just because some bills are dead and we're halfway through and the General Assembly will conclude unless something strange or unusual happens, they will gavel out um, around the end of April. That does not mean that you don't have to stay engaged. If there's still bills, uh, like particularly some of the ones that were sent to the summer study, um, continue to contact us, contact your lawmakers to keep the, the conversations and letting them know that your interest is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is, it, it's really a year-round process, but most of the concentrated work happens during the session, right? So let's, let's jump into um, an overview of where we're at. So maybe we could start with some of the bills that are now dead those that we've followed throughout this process. And, and so I'll mention the first one. We covered this, I think, on our first podcast of this year, this session, a driving cards bill. And, and so that one's dead because it didn't advance past the Senate Appropriations Committee. Um, so that's one that the ICC has worked on for many years and will continue to work on when it comes up next year as well. It got further along than it had. Mm-hmm. And some people are happy about that. It's interesting that it um, didn't get support in appropriations because the 20-plus other states that do it, it is financially a boon to the state. I mean, there will be some upfront costs because the DMV would have to have a system to track you know, these driving cards, and they wouldn't remember they wouldn't be like driver's license. They'd have to be renewed every year. And so while there's some upfront cost, we know that they would get that money back over time. Mm -hmm. So it's disappointing that appropriations couldn't see the benefit in that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, another one that's now dead, and this is, we think it's good that it's dead, is the bill that had to do with lending, House Bill 1547, which would expand uh, certain subprime loans, allow a, a new product in the market and predatory predatory yeah and and so this one didn't advance out of the committee presumably because it didn't have enough votes in the committee itself and hopefully it's also because some of you listened and you contacted your lawmakers i know Mm -hmm. there were a lot of um, allies uh, who were working against this and their constituents and so we hope that we can count you among them that let pe- let the lawmakers know what we were thinking and that this wasn't a good bill for a lot of different reasons and didn't make it out of committee. Mm-hmm. So yay to you if you did follow the, the alerts and, and contact them. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, you have chance on other bills. <laughs> 
maybe now we could talk about a few of the bills that come up that we want, we really want to die and are behind the scenes mm-hmm. and never get a first hearing. Um, I think maybe one, one of those was the surrogacy bill this year. And this one would have expanded. Um, surrogacy would allow surrogacy contracts to be enforceable. Currently, they're not enforceable in the state of Indiana. Um, the bill was written vaguely because it talked about compensation other than for medical expenses. And so that made it read like wombs for rent. Um, and that's troubling in and of itself. It also had a provision that someone had to be at least 21 and have it, had at least one pregnancy. So potentially very young people could be taken, very young women could be taken advantage of mm-hmm. um, and kind of used as a private baby mill. So there were a lot of reasons we were opposed to that. Um, Catholic social teaching notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're glad that it didn't advance, mm-hmm. but it will probably come back because um, after the special session where, you know, many of us um, people who are pro-life, you know, the other side is saying, well, if you're pro-life, why wouldn't you want families to use whatever methods they can? Um, and uh, so it'll probably be back. So stay vigilant. Yeah. <clears throat> Another one is similar. Uh, in our in our outlook on it is uh, a bill that would expand uh, it would it would legalize physician assisted suicide in the state so that one uh, the title of the bill end of life options uh, was kind of a uh, we think a misnamed bill we don't think that physician assisted suicide should be an option so now let's move to uh, something that isn't actually going on this session but something that happened during the special session this past summer, Senate Bill 1, what's the status of that? Senate Bill 1 um, was supposed to, well, did go into effect September 15th. Um, It restricted um, abortion and uh, effectively clinics that performed abortions were no longer licensed. But then there were lawsuits that were filed and an injunction. And while that was being sorted out, the clinics could continue business as usual. The Supreme Court in January um, heard oral arguments, and the only statement that the Supreme Court has put out is that they will make a decision, in quotes, in due time. So we are waiting to hear what's happening with that, whether or not SB1 will be able to go into effect the way that it was written in a way that the, the legislature intended it, or whether or not it'll be struck down in whole or in part. Um, It seems like it would not be given the Supreme Court overturning Dobbs and years ago, uh, Indiana had outlawed abortion uh, over 60 years ago. So there is a precedent um, and SB1 didn't outlaw it, it just restricted access. Um, but we're waiting, and when we hear something, the ICC will respond accordingly. Mm-hmm. Great. So I, I think because of that, there hasn't been much activity in the protection of unborn life legislation area. This session, I think most legislators are waiting on uh, that decision to be handed down from the Indiana yeah. Supreme Court. It, so something that it kind of falls in this area of dignity of life and family is House Bill 1009, which would um, 
would allow a court order to require a father to pay for half of pregnancy and uh, prenatal and, and uh, childbirth expenses. And so that's one that is seems to have pretty broad, I think it passed unanimously, uh, out of the House and now moves to the Senate. As we said before, the only hiccup with that is that in the state of Indiana, there is a code that determines how much child support you know, a supporting partner has to pay, and it's usually tied to income. And so based on income, it could be, you know, 30, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, any percentage, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is just cut and dry, 50%. 50. And mm-hmm. so there's questions about whether or not that's going to be allowed because it technically goes against the current written mm. child support law. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see where that ends up. Yeah. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. They probably would have done better if they'd said up to 50%. Mm. <laughs> so I also want to mention 1568, which was the uh, bill that would allow pharmacists to prescribe contraceptives. That bill it made it to the next step in the process. It passed the House. And so it now moves to the Senate, and that's one that we're pretty engaged on. It's looking like uh, it has enough support to get through the Senate as well, uh, given that it has bipartisan support. And um, even though the church opposes the idea, we're trying to work on amendments that would make the bill somewhat more palatable by including natural family planning provisions that includes funding and education for, for natural family planning. So we'll see if we can get those in. All right, so in our last couple minutes here, we'll just briefly mention that um, school choice is also a, a big factor in this year. It's a budget year. And the House has already passed their version of the budget. Budget usually starts in the House. And one of the biggest, perhaps most contested and controversial pieces is the school choice. And it's expanding it so that a, a family could qualify if they make up to 400% of free and reduced lunch income eligibility. So what that looks like practically is for a family of four, $240,000 a year. All right. So I think what they're trying to do is capture these families who are are still kind of, certainly $240,000 a year is a lot of money. We're trying to capture these families who were just above that threshold that they passed last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another piece of this is removing all the pathways into the program. For some people, that's a hard sell because, as you said, 240000 for a family of four. If you make 240000 and you decide to send your children to a private school, why should the state help you out with that? And so it'll be interesting to see how that all ends. Mm-hmm. This, the Senate certainly will be a greater battle to uh, have that included in the budget. Yeah. Um, one last thing. Uh, this year's, this session, Senate Bill 1, um, mm-hmm. mental health, um, the governor included it in his State of the State address. It passed, but right now it doesn't have funding. Um, it would be odd for everyone to get on the bandwagon and say, we need this, we need to support the 988 crisis line, and then not give it any teeth by giving it any money. Um, there is going to be a um, awareness-provoking event uh, March 7th. It'll start at 11 o'clock. Um, it's an interfaith, gr- uh, interfaith group coming together. 
um, the ICC, um, and there's going to be a press conference at 3 o'clock at the State House. They're encouraging people who believe that this bill is necessary and that funding is necessary uh, to come out and go to the State House and, you know, meet with lawmakers and and that's pretty easy to do. You can sign up if they're in session or in a caucus. You sign up on a little sheet saying you want to talk to them, and they pass it to them, kind of like kids in school passing notes. And they come out, if they can, for two to three minutes to hear what you have to say. Um, Alexander and I will be down at the State House, and, and Alexander gave testimony in support of SB1. And we'll probably also participate in the press conference. Mm -hmm. It is important to take care of people who are experiencing any type of trauma, crisis. We know that, you know, isolation from COVID um, really uh, affected some people more so than others. And even without COVID, um, life has a lot of stressors and the pace of life and just you know, trying to balance it all. Um, sometimes people need help. And if someone is experiencing a crisis, police generally are not trained. You might have that police officer who be in their former life was a social worker, but that's odd mm -hmm. <laughs> and rare. And so we need the appropriate people with the appropriate training to be able to help people. Yeah. So we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast, and we're not going to, we don't even have time to cover all of the bills that we're looking at this session. So for our, for anybody who's listening, I, I hope that this is a little glimpse into the, the breadth of areas the church is teaching touches on. But thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you continue to engage as we head into the second half of the session. Um, I thank you to Catholic Radio um, and to listeners via the radio and then also people who um, do listen via the podcast. Thank you and continue uh, letting blessings. God bless.